Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. The hey, hey. Uh, s- the, the hey, hey's. It's our new band, Ben and the hey, hey's. Hey, hey, with the hey, hey's. <laughs> hey, 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 to hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, I'm really fucking tired tonight, so it's going to be an interesting one. of those nights. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. I've, good, I've, got, good. A, I've got a drink. Uh, well, let's start off our show and uh, let's do some click pitch. You sure you want to do some click pitch? I thought you wanted to pitch us a game. That's what you told me yesterday. Well, I do have a game that I was going to pitch. I just didn't know if we were going to do that right <laughs> or I was going to jump into it later. No, let's start with some click pitch. Okay. I'm not ready. <laughs> You're not ready. I'm not ready to You're pitch not ready. It. Okay. Uh, this feels very much like a radio show and I hope Ben kept all this in. <laughs> um, I'm going to make it very hard for him to cut it all out. Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator on the counter. Three to one click. When a click refresh gets get a couple of words, an adjective and a noun, and we're going to throw them at each other. And then we'll mm-hmm. come up with a game design baby. And then we'll talk about that game design baby for a few minutes. And then when it, do- when it doesn't work out, we throw it away with the bathwater and we start it all over again. That's an interesting metaphor you got there since we threw the words at each other and somehow that made a baby. I'm not... I mean, you have one child, Trevor. I think you know how they made. I, 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 I threw it, things across the room and then we had a child. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure you're quite understanding uh, correlation and causation uh, in this situation. But anyway, yeah, let's let's do it. Three, two, three. Hey, I've only had one. You've had four. You've had more opportunity to see what actually caused the baby making process. I've exactly I continued experimenting and proved my hypothesis correct. Yeah. Uh it's fucking. Alright, three Deserving <laughs> reminder. <laughs> Rural collaboration. Did you not hear my words? Deserving reminder. Deserving reminder. Yeah. Reminder, yeah. And rural, 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 God, I haven't seen, rural I haven't seen Dirty Rock for so fucking long. I fucking love it. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, rural collaboration makes me just think of, you know, some sort of organizing, right? Some sort of, uh, some, some, somebody building something out in the boonies. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're building something dangerous. It's a weapon. It's a spaceship. Or some sort of- Or a spaceship. Mm. So, some people out in the- in the rural areas decide that, fuck this, we're going to space. Uh, fuck this, we're going to- we're going to prove that the Earth is round, and we're going to build ourselves a spaceship. <laughs> right, so and it's- prove a- that motherfucker. <laughs> it's- it's a- a tractor powered. Con- <laughs> it's a contingent, a contingent of of people out in, in the the farmlands mm-hmm. who are flat sick earthers. of all these people. Well, are they wait? Are they trying to prove that it's flat, or to prove that it's prove that they're just trying to- they, they, they they haven't made up their minds yet. They think that it's round. <laughs> right. They're teaching the controversy. Um. They're uh, of 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 the shape of the Earth. Uh there's just too many people who believe it's flat for us to completely discount it. So, we need to uh, 
do our own research, which in this case means building a rocket mm-hmm. and seeing if we can see the curvature of the Earth or not. Yep. Okay. Uh, so, that's a given that it's a collaboration, mm-hmm. this is a multiplayer game in which Ooh, um, okay. basically you've got, you've got teams trying to build the um, their spaceship first. Okay. Interesting. What are they... So, okay. So, they're going around and it's kind of scavenging stuff from tractors and farm equipment and, and farmhouses and things. And, like, secret underground labs. You know, all the regular things that you find in a farm farmland. I, like, I do like the idea of that being sort of a rare find. Because I'm, I'm sort of picturing almost a PUBG kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Where it's... Uh, like a large area. Yep. Uh, you're you're going. Yeah, you've got all these different buildings and different things scattered around, and you're scavenging the parts that you need mm-hmm. as a team, uh, and you know f- potentially fending off the other teams who are who, who might also be here trying to trying to get stuff. Yeah. But I think I think there's respawns. Like I think yeah. if you uh, it's, it's, die, it's not like it's not like a. PUBG where you got one life and that's it. This is a this is a game where when you die you you get respawned as another town member. So you sort of take over yeah. another town member. Um Yeah, so you lose your items, you can go back and, and you know, if you had some good shit you but and you know where you died, you'll, you can go you'll back take and get over it. you'll take over a town member somewhere in the map. Like it's not necessarily nearby, it's just it sort of right. it'll get zoomed out and then sort of do a do a Grand Theft oh, Auto G- GTA style, yeah, GTA style zoom into you into your new character and then you you have to sort of work out where you were. And they and get a phone. They get a phone call saying like, "Hey, Billy Bob died, uh, and we need you." Yeah, we need you to join the join our our team. We're building a rocket, and like, yep, all right, uh, okay, that's fun. And so you, you can obviously then like raid other people's um like their what they've started building you can definitely you know yep. if, if you manage to to knock them all off and then they're just random town members trying to get their way back to uh the you know the barn where they're building this particular rocket yeah but but unlike you know a PUBG where there's weapons around everywhere i think weapons are kind of you know, they're they're a commodity. They're they're something that you aren't going to find absolutely everywhere. Like, yeah, you don't you don't walk into a house and there's just like bullets piles of and, ammo and, yeah. and like submachine guns and stuff. I think there's a lot of melee stuff, mm. um, table legs, maybe just frying like, pans, uh, throwing things like throw like rocks and yeah. Um, but you can find shotguns, rifles, like farm. Weapons, essentially, that-, that But, fuck, that, I mean, you, you, get a, you get a good fucking combine harvester going, and- Oh, yeah. You know- You can team kill. It depends on whether you, you, whether you can work out how to silence the fucker, um, so that you have a silence- <laughs> Silenced combine harvester. <laughs> so, you have a combine harvester with, with a silencer on it. <laughs> um, it's all right. You just- You don't silence the harvester itself, but you- it is it is the silencer because you can fire to your heart's content and uh, they won't hear you over the sound of the combine harvester. Hmm. You've 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 got to be really really good to get that combine harvester kill, especially the triple kill. Oh yeah, it's it's pretty slow. So, 
But uh, definitely, if you can wipe, do a whole team wipe with a mm-hmm. combined harvester, there's an achievement for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I like this. I like this a lot. I like where this is heading. Yep. Um. So you you said triple kill. Are you thinking three people to a team? Um. I I do like the three per- three people to a team, but I think I think you can sort of have one, two, three, or four. Like, okay, I think there's enough there to to sort of uh, with a single a single player they can sort of be a little bit more stinkier because you don't have lots of people making sound. You've got one person, so people aren't I being like alerted. the idea also of you. So I'm just thinking from the gameplay perspective of building the uh, rocket. So you obviously you need to scavenge a certain amount of types of material. Maybe it initially starts with just like metal and like no metal rods and you know metal plating and stuff that you can essentially break things down yeah. into. You, you you can strip the old Ford in, in the um in the driveway and you can get you know some quick and easy bits of metal there. However, yeah. if you keep the Ford for a while, then you can maybe drive it into town well, and that's, gather that, some other stuff. And Yeah, I think that's a good trade-off there. But you know that you've you've got some, some metal there that you can rely on. But if you're in, if you're in town and, you, and you're, you know, in the hardware store or whatever, trying to pick up your stuff and spend a small amount of money, but you come outside and your car's now up on cinder bricks and it's being totally <laughs> stripped down to the frame, that's your own fault. <laughs> yeah, you should have left a scout, uh, left someone out there to protect it. Uh, the other thing I was going to say, though, is I like the idea of there being larger items that you need. It's like, okay, well, we need... The, the fucking rocket boosters or whatever, and we're going to build that out of a tractor engine. Um, and so, yes, you can drive the tractor there, but you may not always have a working tractor. So, I think if you've got more than one person, you can carry it collaboratively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you can, like, both grab one side of it, and, and yeah, you need to do that anyway at certain points to get it into position and stuff. Uh, but otherwise, you're like- Rope physics. You got to- you gotta- Rope physics, you can drag it behind your car. You got to handle those rope physics. physics. It's, you can get trailers, uh, yeah. Um, you can you can hypnotize a cow to help you out for a little while. <laughs> only if you're a particular class. Yes, only if you only That's if you're a class the, the mesmerist or the hypnotist. Uh, they are different. Don't tell me. Don't don't ask me how. I don't quite know yet. But I know that yeah. there is a mesmerist and a hypnotist, and they they can. Um, <laughs> Those are two of the many, many classes. Um, there's also the secret class that you have to unlock, which is the cow, f- the romancer, uh, who just can also get the cow to do what they like. Mm. Um, cow, well, cow whisperer, you know. Yeah. Um, you can also be a milkmaid, um, and they're, they have a way with, with some, some cows. <laughs> Trevor's making <laughs> motions with his hand, uh, which I assume are milking, milking cows. Milking cows. But the, yeah. Not milking bulls. No. No. Um, what are the other classes? Um, oh, of course you've got the rocket scientist. I mean, there are plenty of them out in the rural areas of the country, sure. I mean, I mean, milkmaids actually have a lot of points in rocket science-free. Um Rocket sciencery, that's a... Yep. Yep, sciencery, that's a perfectly cromulent word. Yes, definitely. Um, 
and you know i think mesmerist have like a little bit of a little bit of uh well a few points in in rocket science but they they're more in mind control mind controllery <laughs> <laughs> i do like the idea that you don't actually there's not a rocket scientist class because there aren't there aren't any of those you know well maybe there is a rocket scientist class but they're very low in a lot of other skills you need but amongst all the other like if you choose different classes each of them does have like a certain number of points in rocket sciencery yeah uh and they have to add up to enough that you're actually going to be able to construct this rocket yeah and so you can't you can't actually have three mesmerists on the team because well, like you they can, really have- you're just not going to do well unless you can find the one cow in the map that is actually that is- a rocket scientist <laughs> turned into a cow <laughs> Or just a very smart cow. They don't have to be to have turned into a cow. They might have studied. Uh, I like the wackiness of this yep. idea. Uh, and I think leaning into that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got uh, classes based around probably uh, fighting, melee classes, long range classes. Uh, I-, I think you've got um uh, what sort of long range classes are you th- are you sort of thinking well i just mean like with with ranged weapons okay. weaponry uh skilled skilled in ranged weaponry sharpshooters uh you know they're out there shooting womp rats or whatever is in cuz i assume we're on tatooine no uh <laughs> <laughs> and then and then farmers like different Types of farmers, and then they're that so they're more skilled in the vehicles and things. Well, I'm and, thinking that know- a, that a grain farmer knows how to like distill grain into like some sort of rocket fuel. Oh, the rocket fuel. Yeah, mm. yeah, yep, yep. Um, and yeah, that's a good point. The fuel we will will need different ways of getting the fuel. Now, and again, that will depend you can on do these skills. things as a single player, but you just have to purchase them from. Right. Like you have to like go down and go down to the uh, down to the local you know drinking hole and hire some mercenaries and they're basically like your AI companions AI that can, players yeah yeah they can then help where do you, you out. get your money um, by selling things right so scavenging things yeah. and then the stuff you don't use you can sell it off. Yeah. yeah okay how uh, how long would a round be like how long is it that it takes to to gather all this stuff, and um, I'm thinking that you know, if you spe- speed run this whole thing, you could have you could have everything. If you knew the seed of this particular world, right. you could have everything up and running within say five minutes. Right, that's very quick. Yeah, but that's if you knew where every single component was. Normally, a right. round is going to go for about thirty, forty. Minutes. Yeah, because I'm just thinking if you're doing- If you've got a fair amount of space, like the map's fairly large, which would have to be- Yeah. Uh, how many to, to How many enough. teams do you think are, are going at this? I don't think it should be too many. Four? Maybe like four or five, yeah. Yeah. I think you could have four or five scattered around. And I like the idea, you know, that it's not obviously not always the same place that they're- building it either like no you i start you start the build wherever you like it could be out in the open it could be in a barn you know for underground protection lab. underground if you found a lab yeah you, you you find the old missile silo 
and the underground lab, yeah. and you can build that missile in the missile silo. Like basically, you're yeah, underground. Yeah, that gives you some bonuses, you- obviously for protection, but also You've it's going to take got you longer. Most of the rocket there. Like this is the beautiful thing about it. Like you got most of the rocket there. Yeah, you just you wouldn't want to give them too much. But I think I think the added uh, difficulty of getting the rest of the stuff down there because I mean you have to know, you know the or, code. or you have to like you have to like fix the fucking elevators and stuff or something to be able to get stuff up and down properly or like yeah. you, you give them extra things to do. Yeah, but you know it's it's heavily protected and yeah you've got a certain number of uh, resources there already. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm I'm just imagining uh like you break into the underground lab and then the ed 209s kind of walk out and and they're just blowing the shit out of you and i i like the idea of just adding stuff to this over time huh. sort of like how fortnite is just constantly adding but like, crazy shit you know now, what but- i don't think i think you can do, almost do this game in the way that just because you may be assigned to another team doesn't mean that you can't, like, defect and join someone else's team or have two teams helping each other out only to juke it out as, as you know, the countdown's going on their rocket. Well, how do you decide if you've won? Do you just have to be on the rocket? You're on the rocket and you can see the curvature <laughs> of the Earth. <laughs> I do like the idea that, yeah, to win, you literally just have to be on whichever rocket makes it up there first. Mm. So, you always don't even- Like, you are- I guess you, you would assign people two teams initially, and you'd have to be really careful about not making it too easy to just, like, gank people at the last second and steal the rocket that they've spent all that time building. But that could be part of it. Like, they need to have put enough protection in place that when they're ready to fire off- I kind of see this kind of, like, um, curiosity. Uh, if You remember the, the cube game that you've- Yes, I do, but I'm I'm failing so far to see the So, everyone was working together to do this one thing, but only one person could win. Yeah, okay. So, the idea is- Oh, only one person even. I think one person, one team can win. Right. But it's it's whoever, you know, happens to be last one standing on the rocket, but you can work together. Or, you know, you can- I, I like the idea that you can actually get these um, people have worked out that the best way of doing these things is all to build one rocket and then and just then fight ju- it out. Then fight it out, and then we then we make um, you know some other some other things down the, down the track that if you can get there with a smaller rocket that only fits like one or two people, um, it can actually move faster and. I do like the idea, yes, of, like, adding different rocket designs that you're building towards. Uh, it it would be interesting to to make it that, yeah, you just have to negotiate your alliances very early on. I like the idea essentially. of, like, I usually like playing support characters. So, I might, I might be out there, like, going out there scavenging for a few different teams and, mm. you know, sort of- passing something off and then going off and passing something else out to someone else and s- sort of hedging my bets as to which one goes goes better rather than trying to build one myself. I'm sort of... To, to just bring it into the realistic gameplay perspective, though, my concern would be uh, balancing it essentially, like, and also having it work. Like, does everyone have to be on mic or do you are you able to give tools where you can kind of negotiate... 
um, trades or or different things, or is it all just purely you know person to person verbal agreements? Uh, you can have verbal agreements, but you can also have like the emote sort of system, kind of like. Um, in Overwatch, how you've got all the different go here and all this sort of stuff. It's like I'm just um, thinking, like you can you, come in you going. To- I I only want to trade. I only want to trade, and then you know you lay down the things that you want to trade. And yeah, I'm just thinking about things like if you wanted to make a deal where it's like, okay, if I trade you this stuff, I want to ride on your rocket or something like that, right? Like I want to be on your on your rocket when it goes. That there's some gameplay mechanic in place that they can't just take off without you if you're not there like you at least get a ping or something when the rocket like I, engines I, fire up I and think, you've got three minutes to get there i think or- you get a t minus two t minus two minutes when anyone sets yeah. up their rockets to launch when anyone does yeah and then basically yeah, i guess that makes sense um yeah it just means that anyone else who who starts up their rocket within that two minutes like you know, depending on depending on how they've got their rocket set up, uh, they may be able to launch around the same time, or they may be able to they may be well and truly out. So they realise I've got to find this other rocket and take out these people. Yeah, well, that's it. I think I think the the T minus definitely puts a target on you then that other people can come and sabotage and mm-hmm. cancel the launch. So and that doesn't mean the end of it. No. if you if you fight them off, but they might like. Do some damage to hey, it. You have they, to they may launch up, fix but it back then, up. You know, in the third farm that you were in, you saw the anti-aircraft guns, and you get in there oh, and you, you blow the <laughs> you blow the rocket out of the sky, and then your own rocket takes off. Like it's getting really complex. Uh, I like it though. I think there's. I think it's getting complex because there are a lot of possibilities there. Yeah, but so much gameplay, like. Unlike a lot of the issues, yeah. a lot of the games that we've come up with in the last few weeks, this is heavy on the gameplay. This is all about like the different things. Oh yeah, I could see all the different, and I could see this. Look, I could I could see this taking off as like a new popular multiplayer, you know, thing. And and I like that it's around something other than just kill everyone else. You yeah. know, uh, it's for so sure. much so that you know, combat was one of the last things that we actually put into the game. Like it is janky yeah. as fuck, but. The trading mechanics, that's, like, perfect. Or at least the scout. Yeah, I think you'd start- The salvaging- I think you'd start and, with and just the salvaging and, and stuff, and yeah. Um, I'm imagining that you need to sort of go over to the, um, the grain silo and sort of strip that down and- because it's got both grain and also is kind of in a tank shape that is easy to sort of mould the metal into, like- um, Fuel tanks for your rocket. Yeah, well, look, I think I think it just gives you a lot of like the the, the metal paneling res- you know hmm. um, resource that you need, probably uh, something like that. Uh, you, you'd need to abstract that out a bit, um, but yeah, I, th- I I think essentially what you do is you know you say okay, we're going to build our rocket here, and you get your little if you're on that that team, like if you've established an alliance with that team or whatever, you get the um, you know the little outline of where the rocket's going to go. And then you're sort of, you're just bringing, as long as you bring all the pieces there, uh, then it will get built, um, essentially. But, you know, 
depending on your skills and your classes, it might take more or less time. And obviously, then there's just all the challenge of actually getting the stuff there and projecting it. Yeah. And then once, once you know, the T minus two minutes is happening and, you know, the silo opens up and all this sort of stuff and, you know, you can sort of... Uh, what is it, uh, Dr. Shivago it, you know, jump onto it and, you know, sort of swing your hat around and all this sort of stuff as you're riding it off, off into the sunset. And- yeah, that's it. If you're, like, protect, if you're, like, if you're the last person because you're being attacked and you're fending off people trying to sabotage your rocket and uh, you, you didn't quite get to it in time before the doors closed, yes, you can just jump on and uh, you can still get a win. Yeah, and really, you'll be the first one to see the, um, see the curvature of the Earth because you're on the outside and... You know, sure, you may kind of lose oxygen and all that sort of stuff, but that's not what it was about. It was seeing, before you like die, <laughs> seeing the curvature uh, of the Earth. Well, I like the idea that it's actually randomly generated as to whether the Earth is flat or curved. <laughs> <laughs> like, you might get up there and just see that... <laughs> <laughs> you might see that it's just a hard edge. <laughs> if you're on the outside, like- it's kind of like satisfactory. It's like there's a kill plane. <laughs> and if you go above, the- if you if you hit that, it's like your, your health starts. <laughs> and you We're in a video off. game the whole time. <laughs> start going meta. Oh, all right. Well, that was a that was a good one to start off with. We had a lot of fodder there. And but, we didn't even use uh- my words. That's even funnier. Uh, I, well, I didn't give a reminder, shit. Reminder, <laughs> was sort of in there. Anyway, uh, let's do another. Don't you want to click? Unspecified microcomputer. Pleasing filing. Hmm. Microcomputer reminds me of, like, the BBC Micro, which takes me back to the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And filing in the 1980s would have been very much a a physical thing gradually moving into a digital thing. Okay. And what, sorry, what was your other word? Unspecified. So it's not a BBC microcomputer. It's just an unspecified (laughs) unspecified off-brand microcomputer. Well, or maybe this comes from, I mean, so I think that gives us our time frame and our setting. It's a period Mm -hmm. piece. Unspecified might be, I've got this file and I don't know where, where where it goes. Uh, or, or something along those lines. Uh, maybe this is just the kicking off point for the setting that, yeah, you're like in some office and they are moving from uh, paper to, to digital Yeah, so filing. you're digitizing these files. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of this is like a... A mystery game in which, as you're as you're digitizing these files, you're finding out these weird weird things that actually have been going on in this company for years. Yep, yeah, I like that. So maybe it's a, a cross between you've got your kind of when you, uh, there's probably a good name for this, but like your computer interface game where you're like mm-hmm. just using it as if it's a computer, and it's a it's a microcomputer, so it's like. Parser base. It's text. It's a, cl- a command line. Yep. And then, but switching out to actually walking around the office, I think, because you know you find some stuff out, and then you go and you like talk to your colleagues, or you 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 know you talk to the HR person, or you're getting you're trying to uh, uh, col- uh, collaborate. No, that's not the word. Um, you're trying to 
corroborate is what I was trying to think of. You're trying to corroborate the information that you're coming up with from these files with actual people's uh, knowledge. And you're stuff. collaborating with your with your corroborators. Yes, <laughs> corroborating their collaboration. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. It really uh, is. What sort of company? Is this and what is the secret that um, discovery? I think that it's it's like one of those typical sort of maybe Wall Street companies that you know mm. is sort of all high and mighty about you know you know being God fearing and all this sort of stuff, but it's actually like a a mystical secret behind their success. It's like a cult. Like yeah. there's some occult stuff going on there, like summoning demons to tell them which stocks to short or whatever. Yeah, um, and you know the the whole thing is just really messy. Um, and I think that like physically messy because there's goat blood everywhere, goat and chicken blood. Yeah, yeah, and it's in and, some of the files. Like you see feathers. Like it's just not right. <laughs> that's the, that's what tips you off. So that something weird is going on. He's like, what are these feathers? What are, the, doing what are all files? these these feathers? And that's not cranberry sauce. <laughs> it doesn't taste like it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, that was <laughs> this one was this. Oh yeah, Thank- dated Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Oh, of course, it was. you know, nineteen seventy-two. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> some old cranberry sauce. Uh, okay. Do you then, does it result, does all this result in you, like, summoning a demon? Like, is that the end game? I'm just wondering, with you actually, um, you know, digitizing all these files and typing, you know, maybe there's some Latin phrases that you're typing in, that it becomes like a digital demon that, that sort of- Ooh, oh, okay, because you're digitizing it, it, like, manifests in the digital realm. Yeah. That's cool. I like the idea of, like, a big pixelated demon face well, coming up in I that like the classic I- BBC I kind of like the style. idea that, you know, after you've been going for a little while and after you've after you digitized some of the early Latin phrases, then you get, like, a clippy-like character come up that actually, you know, wants to try and help you out a little bit further and help you with this mystery. Ha- but in reality, it's it's like a demonic presence within the computer. Right. Um, yeah, that could be interesting. Uh, but I, I, the only reason against that is because we've done at least one clippy-like character fairly recently, but- I don't remember that. And neither do any of our any of our listeners. Uh, I was going to say that uh, perhaps this is where the witch in Granny's Garden came from on the old BBC, or maybe maybe that's the end of the game that, that you actually funnel you know this you this demon into into, into this into this um, program this file this program that you happen to see on the on the. BBC micro or unspecified microcomputer um, that happens to, you know, be a lovely gardening app and it turns into Granny's Garden. <laughs> into the creepy, weird Granny's Garden that they made us play. They didn't make us play. They just happened to, like, not stop us from playing it. on the- This is why it was on every single BBC com- microcomputer it's, it's a- in the 80s. And that's why no one ever finished the game. 
Because if you finished it, then you unleashed you hell. It, then you die within the yeah. BBC get- micro network. Because <laughs> it, it couldn't escape. <laughs> no, it was a very much a local area thing. Uh, cool. All right, I think I think let's move on. Um, I do have a game pitch. As oh Trevor my god, earlier. I didn't know. Even though I I said that we were going to do this earlier, but. Yeah, I thought I thought let's get some some regular old click pitch in there first because this uh, there's some topics in this that uh, it's not necessarily going to be like a a full on funny you know thing necessarily. Yeah. So uh, in other words, we got all the com- comical stuff out in the first half hour of this. And oh, yeah, it's getting serious now. Um, it's getting serious. So now, Ben, folks. why don't you tell people why you came up with this idea? What 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 have you been doing? So, I've been playing uh, Dark Side Detective, which is an adventure game series that Trevor and I enjoy. Uh, and it's inspiring in a way because they do a lot with a little. It's mm-hmm. it's very retro style. Um, pixel graphics, like, I don't know what the actual resolution would end up being, but- it- 300, uh, 300 by 200, 320 by 200. Yeah, something like, like that. big old chunky pixel characters. Um, not a lot of animation and stuff, but just great, funny story lines and, and, uh, you know, pretty good puzzles. And they really don't need that many screens to be able to do it all in either. Like. Yeah. No, it, they, they, they separate it out by cases. Each case has maybe like eight to 10 screens. Max. Especially in the first one. Like the first one, there were some cases that had like literally four screens but they yeah. managed to get yeah. a full 20 minute case out of it that you were yeah laughing out loud the entire time yeah oh it's yeah great great writing uh the point is that is that it does often inspire me to think about hey we could make an adventure game and have attempted to in the past uh and there there are numerous um in fact there's one recording that we made about like the the uh leading up to us creating an adventure game and we've recorded the the brainstorming session yep. and all this sort of stuff and it's never yep. going to re- be, be heard look, by we'll, dear listeners. We'll <laughs> probably do it again uh, <laughs> because that is something that I'd like to, you know, perhaps attempt again. Uh, but the, the, the problem we often have with uh, doing our own adventure game is we know, we well know, you know, particularly from doing the global game jam stuff, that if we're going to get anything finished, it needs to be fairly small in scope. Mm. Every story that we come up with is very large in scope. Or it's very hard to very do so. conceptual. <laughs> yes, yes, we often we often just complicate complicate the writing process then by uh, making it too too sort of out there. So I came up with the idea the other night uh, while I was thinking about this. It is definitely not in scope. But I quite liked the idea of it as as a point and click adventure game, and so I'm bringing it to you, dear listener, uh, and and you, Trevor, so that we can uh, riff on it and, and see where it could be. So the general idea is, and and part of what made me think about this is the the heat waves that are going on in uh, North America at the moment. Uh, you know, as a direct result of our failure as a species to uh, keep the climate uh, change to any sort of reasonable level that we have uh, created. And so uh, I was thinking, okay, setting this in the near future where climate change has uh, 
gotten to the point where it's irreversible. We're having these huge heat waves. It's definitely irreversible. And really highlighting the difference between sort of the haves and the have nots. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who, who, who have homes and who can afford to uh, air condition these homes or, or heat them, you know, in, in the other extreme versus uh, those who can't. And the fact that we'll be spending, you know, so the, the point being that people are going to be spending a lot more time indoors where they can control their temperatures and their uh, environment, but they're also still going to be wanting to order food and have things brought to them and that sort of thing, because this is the world we live in and that's people's expectations. So, there's still going to be this need uh, in a very capitalistic way for delivery people. Mm -hmm. And so, the idea here was that you play one of these delivery people in- in a, in a somewhat climate ravaged, but not like, not post apocalyptic no. yet. I'm not talking civilization has broken down. I'm talking, this is highlighting the differences here where you need this job to survive, uh, but you're having to, you're essentially having to battle uh, the, the climate uh, and, and the extremes of the climate just to get people their fucking like Subway sandwich or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, when you first told me this idea, well, you didn't tell me, you sent it to me in Messenger, and I read it, I started thinking, okay, so it's kind of like you've got a metro sort of thing of, you know, this global warming can also mean, you know, extreme chill and all this sort of stuff. Yes. I'm picturing, you know, this snow-covered landscape and all this sort of stuff, and you see this this small station wagon driving through the snow and in the distance, you see, like, Subway or Coles or Woolworths or something like that, and you're pulling up, and, <laughs> you know, this is sort of like the, the intro movie of you get out and you say, order for such and such, and you get back in your car, and you're fighting off mutants and all this sort of stuff, and you're fighting off, fighting off other people, and, you know, you're getting back in your car and you're driving off, and yeah, then look, you I arrive think at someone's house, and it's like, yeah, thanks, and then you have a look at your phone, and, and they don't tip you. And you're like, yeah, they gave you like three stars. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like combining the idea of crazy taxi, the the horrors of the gig (laughs) gig economy. No, I don't think we go arcadey with it. I I like it as a story based thing. Um, but maybe each, you know, maybe you break it up into deliveries essentially. Like, uh, and you have some, you know, you have other, you have other people that you're talking to who are also drivers for whatever this company is mm-hmm. uh maybe there's a bit of a competitive sort of thing because there are so many people who are displaced and who who don't have who, who rely on these jobs it's not just automatically oh you get a ping in your app and you've got a job it's 20 people get a ping on their app and whoever gets there first gets the job. Yeah. Like, there's a whole competitive <laughs> aspect to that where they're pitting pitting these people against each other. Now, oh, to, to be real for a second, Ben, yeah. have you ever done a delivery job? No. So, I used to be a pizza delivery driver and yes. the majority of my money was made on a Friday, Saturday night where I would get to actually take... Two, three orders at a time. One yeah. of the biggest flaws that I'm seeing in some of these um, Uber and DoorDash and Deliveroo and all that sort of stuff is a lot of the time 
people are going out and getting a single order and they take it somewhere and like this is kind of horrible like if you if you want to do this properly like you should be able to turn up at a place pick up two three orders and you take them all at once because i mean there's enough places out there i i only see that really happening during um during peak hour i want to yeah. see in this game that there's a chance that you know if you sweet talk you know some of these people you can actually do two three deliveries in in a single run yeah look we we, we obviously would probably explore these systems because you know it's a bit of world building going going yeah. on here with how it's all working uh but but i do want to base it more around you know obviously it's, it's a story-based thing if it's a yeah. point and click kind of idea so where's the mystery i i don't I think it's a relatively mundane mystery in a way in that the mystery itself is not around the whole world building. Like, this is just where it's set. I'm picturing that on the third delivery, something happens and you're interested in in what's happening at this place. Like, you keep on wanting to make sure that you get back to this place because that's a really interesting story that you want to find out more about. Even just around- the dealing like you are there's the your your boss or something is like fucking you over and you are trying to like expose them or in some way fighting against these systems that are in place where you know you're having to to battle uphill both 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 figuratively figuratively and sometimes literally um because you know, there's mountains around. Uh, <laughs> um, but I also, I also want to mess around. I also want to explore the like technologies and stuff. I, I think I, I'm almost picturing this in a world where we have actually turned things around to a certain degree on the climate. Right? It's actually not worsening. Like everyone's got electric cars now. We've eliminated fossil fuel use. Like the tech. The tech is, is, you know, I'm thinking we're setting this maybe 30, 40 years in the future and the tech is clean-ish. Please, can you can you turn up at someone's place, like a really rich person's place, and you see smoke coming out of their chimney because they've got a fire going and that's, you know, they're doing fossil, some sort of, some sort of burning off. That is adding more carbon to the atmosphere, and you're just yeah, like. I think there are there are still people, yes, who who are essentially blaspheming against our new clean energy future. We just didn't do it on time, right? This is the point. Like, I, the, I think the their whole thing is that they're like, we're carbon neutral. We plant we plant trees every weekend. It's like it doesn't work that way. You can't be like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there are aspects of that. Um, I I like the idea also, and it, it's funny that you mentioned that you were thinking of going through the snow and stuff because I was going the other direction of like battling through the heat, um, the you know the sweltering heat outside while people are in there with their air, condi- air conditioned homes, those you know, those who can afford it. Um, but you know, we could also, it could be both. Like the whole yep. point is, yes, you have both extremes. Uh, and so the, as the I, story I just, progresses- I just love the idea of going to, you know, extreme snow in an area that normally wouldn't get snow. And, yeah. and they're like, oh, so much for global warming, hey? And it's like, 
Oh yeah, there's still people. <laughs> there's still fucking idiots saying it in this world where they're like essentially trapped inside their homes because the weather outside is too extreme all year round. Yeah, I mean, you can have a fun little thing where essentially like. You know, you start off and, and you're in the sweltering heat and you're having to deal with that. And, you you know, you've got your little, uh, you've got your little, uh, I'm picturing you're in some sort of mini car, like almost like a smart car thing, but with a more sort of futuristic vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a cross between a, a car and, and a bike in that it's enclosed, but- I don't know. It, it may even use human- Like, it may even be human-powered. Like, maybe it's not actually- <laughs> It's pedal-powered. <laughs> or, or, or maybe it's just like a- It's kind of like an electric bike. Like, it's solar- It's got these, you know, big solar panels on the outside. Um, but they don't use- They don't use enough. They, they, they just sort of- You can, you know, get up a hill with it, but then you you coast down the hill or whatever, whatever right? Like- Yeah. Um, just, just to really, you know, hit home that- <laughs> They're still working. These people are working so freaking hard yep. for so little. I- I'm picturing that there's there's some uh, scenes kind of like the Walking Dead Telltale games and that sort of stuff where there's a little bit of um, not so much a QTE, but an actual like physical thing yeah, that you've got to try and do yeah. to get through. And then you can um, have some action scenes. You can have some... Uh, normal sort of scenes. Yeah, I'm definitely picturing it closer to a Walking Dead, like a Telltale sort of thing, than a than a full-on, like, inventory-based yep. point-and-click. I don't think it lends itself well to that, uh, because it is more just around the storytelling. Uh, and, yeah, I think you do have those moments where it's like, oh, shit, uh, you know, the, the, the power's run out in my little monobike or whatever it is. Uh, and you, you have to hit the Arab keys left and right to get up the hill. So- uh, Or whatever it is to pedal. While we've been talking, and because, you know, I've got sort of in my head snow, and then you've got you've got the, you know, drastic heat and all this sort of stuff, I'm picturing yep. this, uh, the trailer for the game is mm. set to the song, um, Let It Snow. And, you know, the weather outside is frightful. And, you know, it's just heat burning. Yeah. Burning down. And you you see, like, people, you know, scrambling at the, um, at trying to get into the supermarket or whatever. And, you know, it's them trying to to get the deliveries. And then, you know, then you see a scene of you going through the snow and it's like. (laughs) I I think the trailer is is a side-on view. Of you in your- And I'm, I'm picturing this- this I don't know. I called it a monobike thing because I'm almost picturing it like uh, it, it just a futuristic sort of vehicle that is enclosed, but is- is uh, It's like, pat- like plastic on the outside. You know, it's like a mass produced thing or whatever. And so, you can see the person inside. And I'm picturing it's the side on view and it, it just- It's showing your character just like pedaling and- as the music goes, it can the music can stay the same. It's switching between different scenes, right? So one scene you can see the freaking heat coming up off the road, and you've got a pile of deliveries in, in on your little back section of your device uh, uh, of your vehicle, and you're just pedaling, 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 and then it switches, and now it's fucking snow, and you're still pedaling, pedaling, pedaling. You've got different things in the back. Uh, and then it switches to another thing. And yeah, you've got like people trying to get into, into your thing. Cause they're like, 
you're having to fight off um <laughs> okay Trevor's just sent me a picture of something from South Park which I don't recall but it's some sort of weird one wheel thing is he is is this where he's like sitting on a dildo essentially yep. <laughs> and then what is he doing with his mouth he's he's sucking on the control stick and then he's he's jacking off the the handlebars <laughs> And that's how he has to drive it. Yeah. Okay. It's called the it bike. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically that, but it's enclosed. As soon as you, and said, less as soon as you said this thing, I'm just like, I couldn't get it out of my head, so I had to share it. <laughs> that's fine. Um, but yeah, I'm picturing, like, side on, it's essentially like your character is, you know, one of those things where, like, your character is in the same spot and it, and it switches essentially the, the environment that you're in switches um, as you go. And then, you know, maybe it ends and you eventually, like, deliver the food to someone. But yeah, I, I think as you're, I think a lot of it is set on the road as you're doing these deliveries that, like, that's where a lot of the dialogue happens, um, your exposition and stuff. Uh, and, and then, yeah, you, you, explore some ideas around yeah your boss exploiting you and you so your goal is to expose them or something mm-hmm. um but you know probably eventually determining that it's it's fruitless and you just get another asshole boss coming in and replacing them and and uh the whole point is fuck capitalism and we've screwed the earth up mm-hmm. yay and this is why I didn't want to start with this game because <laughs> it's depressing. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna continue on with some click pitch, and we're gonna lighten it up a little bit. Yeah, we can we can move on. But that was that was my fun idea, and I'd love to play that game and for someone to write it because uh, I think it's got some cool ideas. Two, two, one, click. Three, two, one, click. Indeed. Timed cover. Outrageous cattle. <laughs> it's outrageous. <coughs> outrageous. <laughs> uh, timed cover outrageous cattle. Is this about getting your cattle undercover? Is this like an arcadey style herding game or something? Yes, but it's a little bit crazier than what you're thinking. Because mm, this is I mean, futuristic cattle rustling in which you can okay. set portals. It's in three dimensions. You can set portals and basically you can rustle the, rustle the cattle into a portal that rustles them into the pen and all this sort of stuff. Like, I think we can play around with, like, some extra dimensional sort of stuff. So, is this, is this a, like... A future world where aperture science is actually... They continue on into cattle, and well, yeah. no, it's it's they actually developed the portal gun, and yeah. it got produced for the for the mainstream public, and so you know it's it's perfectly ready for everyone now, and and it just so happens you're. A- I like the idea of setting this in a world where, like, everyone just uses portal guns as a part of regular day to day life. Like any job you can think of, people are just using portal guns. Yeah, uh, it's like oh, I need to. I need to throw out a bunch of stuff. All right, portal portal over the bin, portal here. All right, now I can just chuck it off my desk straight into the bin. Yeah. So I think it starts out as a simple sort of game where you're you're a cowboy 
trying to trying to rustle up your cattle and all this sort of stuff. You've got, I think you've got your robotic dog that's going out and sort of trying to round them up and all this sort of stuff. And you're sort of able to do a little bit of, you know, shooing around of, of controlling your yeah, dog so where it needs to go. And Before we get too deep, before we get too deep, is this a, like a puzzle game, like a single player kind of puzzle arcade game, or is this a competitive multiplayer thing? It's where definitely not to- multiplayer. It's definitely a single player experience. It's right. sort of a game where it starts out that you are a, you're a, just a, a cowboy utilizing this new technology. You know, you've sort of, you thought this is this is a great way of doing it. You're controlling your little robot dog. You you move. Yep. You're trying to rustle all your cattle, and some weird things start happening because basically, with all these all these portal guns actually being used within the world, mm. I think something's actually happening to the to the fabric of this reality or something like that, and it it sort of goes into a into a larger thing of this many portal guns were never supposed to be used at once. <laughs> okay, how do we how do we bring that into? Because I was picturing almost that the cattle that it like is- literally the cattle get spliced with other with other things. But is the main gameplay still cattle rustling as as this story makes itself known, or do you branch it out into other things? I think you can branch it out into other things. Um, you know, it's kind of like the next evolution of of portal and aperture science but you're now you're trying to take this back to aperture, aperture science to basically find out what the hell's going on right so this is almost like it's portal 3 it's portal 3 you just with happened to start as as a cattle rustler a cattle rustler <laughs> as a cowboy okay um i like the idea okay i i like the idea then of because and this is something that Portal does really well is use relatively simple mechanics in then a variety of ways and and combine them in a variety of ways. Mm. So I think this is Portal Three. You've got your you've got your Portal technology. You start with your Portal technology. That's fine. You want those cattle to move faster. You you got your goo that you can put down on the ground and all this sort of stuff. So all well, these things. Uh, well, have come back. we we may be we may be bringing in some of those other things. But my my point was that the idea of so so some 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 different mechanics that Portal hasn't used uh, that could be interesting here is you've got some sort of herding mechanic, right? Like you've got some sort of guiding small creatures, um, you know, into places and then they might, like that might trigger a button because you get enough of them in there or something. Um, but you then you can create puzzles where, you know, the only way to get enough in there is to put portals in strategic places or whatever and have them move, you know, that, and they have to be moved by being scared by, like, you've got your little robotic dog companion, yeah. right? And That's- literally the robotic dog companion is is a combination of those two co-op robots that have just been right. sort They've of been joined, together. joined together in the in the weird, like, amalgamation that you don't like notice at centipede. first until you realise, oh, my God, what they, they totally... F- fucked up these robots and kind of I do like that idea of, of, <laughs> yeah of, of subtle like of designing them in that way it's not entirely obvious until you uh, maybe you like later in the game you it strips off the outer skin of them or something and you realise that they uh, underneath that's what it is mm-hmm. but no I think taking it in a, in a fairly traditional portal way in that like the game play is essentially a series of contained puzzles like that 
But it, but more in the way of Portal Two, where it's not specifically test chambers, puzzle room, <laughs> yeah, cha- test chambers. Uh, but making your way through this world where um, each section, you know, you have to solve the puzzle to get through it. But yes, I, I think using some of those ideas of okay, well, I need to, I can, I can portal. You know, I've got ten of these little cattle things and I'm I'm almost picturing that they're not cows like you are herding it's some smaller creature that um I don't know just has one giant teat on its head and that's where the milk comes from I don't know that's what came to mind <laughs> but that you're using these things where it's like okay there are 10 of them in this area I can portal them up there but I need the dog to be on the other side of them to then herd them back, you know, across this uh, platform or whatever to get to the waiting, the wait that, you know, I need 10 of them on there, then it's going to open the door or whatever that is. And so that's where your puzzle comes in. It's like, okay, how do I get the dog up there at the same time? And um, But you've got to be very careful when you switch off a portal. Because you can slice cows in half. Like, I love the idea. Oh, definitely. Yes. You know. This splicing mechanic actually starts coming into it that, you know, all they programmed into the actual portals is, like, humanoids, that if humanoids happen to go through these things, you know, there were safety protocols to push you either side of it. But because it sees a cow as, like, two legs and two legs... Oh, I see. Okay. Kind so of you're saying there's still a four-legged creature. Yeah, okay. That's fine. It splits it in half. Because that's kind of fun. And- because it goes well, the legs are the legs are fine. <laughs> well, because then you definitely have some puzzles later on where it's required that you need to be splicing these cows in half, where, where as- you only need ten and a half cows. Yeah, yeah, you need exactly the weight of ten and a half cows. Um, <laughs> that's the title of the episode: ten and a half cows. Uh- <laughs> oh, God. So. Um, so you're essentially you're saving the world because are you are you trying to is it that you're trying to get to like the center of of aperture to like shut down all portal guns in the world or something? Because <laughs> I it's think at first you're the just trying to get of- tech support, but then when you when you right. go to, when you go to yeah, aperture science cool. that Glados basically like many right. people it's before still run by Glados well, like many people before you um, who have come to complain they kind of mm. get shunted into into like test chambers and stuff right because yeah. you know they don't want they don't want that's anyone what glados likes to do and yeah yeah well yeah well okay i like that because that allows you to play with the bureaucracy of like corporate bureaucracy where it's not just that you get shoved into tech that's into um test chambers it's like oh yes you can you can send a complaint just like head down this hallway and go fill out form you know, twenty two B F F F one B over here, uh, but that's it's actually like test chamber F one B or whatever. Right? Like it, it essentially <laughs> is putting them through these endless things that they never get to the end. Um, but you're the one who finally you know manages to uh, that. Yeah, that that's a fun little twist on. Yeah, on and, the- and that way you don't have like Chell going through and all this sort of stuff. Uh, no, there's no reason why the farmer can't that. can't be female like. The cowboy can be yeah, a cowgirl. Yeah, might as well. Um, might as well keep that trend going of Portal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that gives you a good way to continue the vibe of Portal, the general ideas of it, but put it into a completely new situation. And, yeah, bring in these new mechanics. Um, I like the idea then, actually, 
<laughs> and this works out well if if your robot dog thing is a is a mixture of those um those robots that at some point you do have to splice them in half with the portal like in the way that you've learned to do uh but they can join back together yep. like that's a technique it's like oh now they can go in different directions and herd them from you know because y- y- you have to do that to herd them in 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 a certain way but um they that can actually join back together uh that that would be really cool. I, I like there, that. A lot. There's just something about the idea that all Aperture Science was trying to do is come up with a product that they could sell to the masses yeah. and keep other experiments going. And yeah. so it just so happened to be that, like by Chell um, going through all the all the um, all the portal test chambers and all that sort of stuff, she's worked out that you know all these all these things are actually good enough for market and they've sent it out into the world that you can have your portal guns out there and and keep them charged up and all this sort of stuff but then you know you utilizing it for cattle rustling which they never people never really thought of using it for but it's just what you happen to go with yeah that's where shit starts going down it's highlighted highlighted an error in the uh technology Yeah. yeah Just it's well, and yeah, I like the idea that it's just oh, they never thought of four-legged creatures <laughs> going through the portal, yeah. and it's resulting in deaths. Oh, the fir- the first time it happens, like it's gory, like it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could go pretty dark with it. You could make it that it's like it's not just oh, I need ten and a half cows to weigh this thing down. It's like oh, I need this area to be slippery, and so I'm just gonna like slice a cow <laughs> up the top there, and its blood is gonna you know grease the whole area down or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but you got to make sure that at least two of the legs are through. Otherwise, it just pushes them back. Like, cause it could only cut them down. Oh, there's the a timing. There's a timing aspect. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's other there's other robotic animals within within aperture science when you get there later on that you're basically you're doing the same thing cutting them in half but this time it's like mm. oil is going everywhere and that's what makes it slippery. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could be. Yeah, that's really cool. We just made Portal Three. See, uh, it's kind of awesome. Valve should be out of Counter Three because like we came up with a with a shitty idea. Why can't they come up with a shitty idea? I'm sure they've come up with plenty of shitty ideas, but I do wish they'd get one out. Especially yeah. because Portal cool. 2 was so cool. Like Portal 2 was fucking great. I was just thinking I need to play through Portal 2 again. Yeah. yeah I'm actually wanting to play it as well. Damn it! <laughs> Why don't I say Portal? Uh, let's just do one more quick one. just to Let's do one more quick one, just for safety. Mimic Passive. Adjacent Fraud. So this is definitely about like a D and D mimic. I mean, someone mimicking someone's beha- behavior and being a fraud, like they kind of go together. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking of this as like a mimic, like the creature in D and D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a fraudulent chest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it um, it works well. Is uh, we don't have to go the full on D and D route. It could more just be Dark a creature that can <laughs> that can that can mimic. I don't I don't know Dark Souls. It doesn't have to be a chest, is what I'm saying. Like, it could just be... Well, can mimics mimic other things, or do they just mimic chests? In, in Dark Souls, interests? they mainly mimic chests. In D&D, they mainly mimic chests, so... But are they 
capable of mimicking other things? I or are they literally know. just a chest? Uh, uh, they always look like a chest. Uh, and they've evolved that way because of all the adventurers who come through opening Okay, chests. so in this game, you play a mimic. Yes. In which you've got to sort of run around, like, run around like a, a dungeon looking for, you know, oh, this is a perfect place for a chest to sit down. And well, you sit I, down- Well, I almost, I almost wonder, is this, is the idea here that this is not in a dungeon- and you're trying to find the right thing to mimic um, that will that will tempt people in maybe like a real world setting, like a contemporary setting. And, and so you know you you I don't know walk you park yourself next to a um, next to a laptop and you're like I'm a I'm a shittier laptop you know and it's like mm. ah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work because they're gonna go for the better one. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking like you park yourself next to a supermarket as like an ice cream chest <laughs> or uh, an ice like, chest. <laughs> no, well, I just like like oh yeah, like one of those you know that you get that you fucking um, cornettos out of paddle paddle pops and cornettos out of, <laughs> uh, and you just eat children. <laughs> 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 or you know you're, you're in the office and you mimic a box of donuts. <laughs> I'm now picturing that the children the children come up and go, "Mommy and Daddy, can I have a daddle dot?" That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, kiddie. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I don't really want like <laughs> a magnum. <laughs> so they've only. Got- <laughs> They've only got shitty things. They're out of Bubble Bills. <laughs> Bubble Bills. Uh, what's this Bubble Bob? <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is this like trying to change into the most useful thing and just eat the most amount of people in an area and then you have to move on or like I'm almost thinking is it a competitive thing or oh, I, th- I, I, think, I think this is more of a adventure sort of thing that you're a mimic just trying to get by in the world and <laughs> okay uh, I, yeah I guess what is your impetus what is your impetus for moving on you're hungry and you haven't been able to eat to- anything in a long time and you're your powers for mimicry are, are waning and right. you've got to be able to sustain yourself, sustain your life. No one has so, come into the dungeon for years. So now you've you've broken out into the real you've world. You've had to venture and, out of the dungeon. Yeah. I kind of like the idea that you sort of push the push the rock aside and you're, you're like in the middle of suburbia or something like that. And it's like, oh, no wonder no one is- Yeah, this forgotten dungeon after hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's fine. Uh, do you find yourself then, is it sort of an, an open world-ish kind of situation then where you're, you're wandering around, you've got different areas. You do have like the, you know, the school and the, I mean, uh, you the know, commercial you can district always, and the suburban district. You can always just be a toy chest in an orphanage and people don't, people yeah. don't care if, if, don't there's, a, if there's a few orphans. <laughs> Especially Orpan Punchier, the <laughs> the, character, that one of the character that, that we from? came up with a, a few episodes ago, the evil, the evil character. That- oh my god! Yes, 
I guess my, I guess where, what I'm wondering about with this is then like, what is your, yeah, what is your impetus from moving on? Like if you, if you come out into suburbia and like, oh, there's a school, I'm going to be a toy chest. It's just that you literally like eat all the children and then there's no more and you have to keep moving because your, your mimic power level is dropping or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, is it just you have to choose the right thing in every section of this town until there's no people left in the town. Where uh, I'm just trying to think, where's your, where's your depth of the gameplay? In this? Um, it's it's all about can the mimic actually, you know, elevate itself above its um, its stature in life, which is just usually to eat adventurers and actually become, you know, something more than what it was. A useful member of society. Yeah. Um, I think by the end of the game, the mimic becomes mayor of the town. <laughs> mayor mimic. Okay. How does that achieve that? Um, by aiding criminals. I don't know. Okay. So, you become like a Dexter sort of figure where you, you are only targeting specific- Demographic. Um, yeah. Demographic. And it's your it's your hidden secret, and you eventually you know you mimic. Are you mimicking a human as you become mayor, or are you? Oh no 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 chest? no! You, you you're you're still like <laughs> actually. Is the chest still like I'm your picturing that form? you're now mimicking like a a mayor McCheese sort of character? Like it's the closest that you could get to get to human with the long spindly legs, and you got like a burger like head. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's just the only mare, like the in. It's a because you can only mimic inanimate objects, and so you came across an old abandoned McDonald's that still had a mimic cheese in the play area. And cheese, like McDonald Land, was fucked up. <laughs> yeah, like it was. Oh god. <laughs> All right. Well, look, on Mayor Mimic McCheese, I think that's a good enough way to end that game and to end this episode. <laughs> Mayor Mimic Cheese. <laughs> Mimic. Mayor Mimic Cheese. Mayor Yeah, there's something there. Mimic Cheese. Mayor McCheese. Mimic Cheese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mimic Cheese, that is the name of the game. <laughs> Mimic cheese. Okay. <laughs> if you want to find us online, go to podchaser.com slash pitstorm. Oh, God. Listen to our previous episodes and tell us what you thought of this one. Uh, leave us a review. If you're a game designer and you want to hit us up for more ideas on, you know, we can expand on these things if you like. We'll we'll give you all sorts of shit. I know that you probably don't want us to, but we can. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we would welcome the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd also like to thank the wonderful musicians over at Kuradas for allowing us use of the song Man Defines of the Album Containment Failure each and every week. That's right. So, thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm taking off to see the curvature of the Earth. Not if I get you first. <laughs> <laughs>